on a very special Consentences, episode one. I have so much strength in me, you have no idea. I have a love in my life. It makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. Consent is... Basically, everybody being on the same page, being informed about what it is you're going to be doing and why you why you want to do it. Hello, exactly. What people agree to do. Hello, exactly. Consent is. And like, you'd have to ask me like when I'm not drunk. Hello, exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, yeah. But Consent is honesty. Yes. Asking. Sexy. Mutual acceptance. Respectful. Never optional. A girl's best friend. Hello, Consentors. Welcome to Consentences. This is the launch of our official podcast where we will be talking alternative lifestyles through individuals' experiences, navigating desire, danger, and the importance of consent. I'm Snow, and today for our first podcast, I am joined by the magnificent Ms. Marvel. Hello. My wife. Hi. And I'm his wife. It's true. Oh, boy. So strap in, strap in, folks. Yeah. So uh, as this is our first podcast, we wanted to take the time to talk a little bit about why we're doing it and really hopefully be able to provide an understanding of why you guys are going to want to come back and give a listen. So tomorrow we'll get us started. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So we're really excited to launch this project. It's been um, a a baby idea brought into a lot of fruition through Snow's undying and hard work uh, around making all this happen. Um, but I guess a little bit about why we why we want to do this podcast in the first place. Um, I think that it started with looking around at some of the different groups that we inhabit, um, being in alternative lifestyles ourselves, and recognizing that we are having some really cool conversations with cool people um, wanting to get deeper into their experience and their uh, understanding so we could deepen our connection with them. So wanting to deepen our understanding and our connection with them about their experience, uh, wanting to grow and understand how different people talk about conversations, about sexuality, about identity, about um, how they conceive themselves and changes in their life over time and over their life cycle. Um, how that harkens to questions about consent and negotiations and our changing landscape. In a nutshell, this started because we have really awesome conversations with really cool and diverse people. And we thought, hey, I bet a bunch of other people would be interested in this too. And maybe we can learn a lot more in the process about ourselves and about each other. Yeah, and actually one of the really kind of defining moments where we realized that this might be something that would be really interesting for us to do was we we had a party and 
at the beginning of it because we had, you know, a number of people that we knew everybody wouldn't know everybody there. But what it turned into was out of the, you know, 30 or 35 people who were there, none of them knew each other. And they, they only were, knew us. They knew us. And it was really interesting because we were, I mean, there were people from the burn community and the kink BDSM community, swing community, uh, poly community, uh, Renfair. Yeah, yeah, Renfair. And <clears throat> it just became something that was really interesting for us to recognize oh, wow, you know, we're trying to create a unique space for a party that we may have. And everyone there is going to have different conceptions of how to engage each other around, you know, whether it's, you know, potentially kink or sexual play, you know, what consent looks like across all of them. And that was just something that was really eye-opening for us, recognizing that we have all these amazing people that don't know each other and also have their own ways of communicating and engaging within their unique communities. Yeah, it was a really, it was a cool experience and a cool event. And it certainly was, I think, our blast off moment for we need to actually make this a more, a more public sphere. Um, because it does have a lot to do with how we cultivate a space for our own environment, and our own lives. Um, yeah. And and with our friends, with and them being in so many different communities, and the more and more we're finding about finding out about, you know, sub communities within those that we know very little about or think we know things about and find out we really don't. Uh, it's just something that is massively educational for us and to give an opportunity for all the people that we really care about to come on and talk about what's really important to them and provide more of transparency to unique subsets of culture and, and lifestyles that maybe don't have enough of a voice. And so we really wanna make sure that we use this platform with that opportunity for anyone who's listening to potentially really be able to learn more themselves as we continue to, to grow and learn and explore through these conversations with some of our amazing friends, as well as, you know, we're going to have, you know, doctors of, you know, various humanities and uh, um, doctors of social, uh, sciences. social sciences. Thank you. <laughs> you That's know, rolls off the tongue. Those people who work with people and such. You know, people, you know, people, <laughs> people who love people. Anyway, so it's certainly a platform for um, underrepresented or underexposed communities um, or people from talking about what their experiences. And that's why I wanted to say that um, one thing consensus is not it's not a space that's going to make any assumptions about what somebody's experience globalizes to in terms of their community. Yeah, we aren't having anybody uh, on and we're going I mean, we're very clearly going to make a point of talking about this uh, when we have people on, that no one is speaking for a broader community. They'll be talking about their unique experiences, and it's just an opportunity for us to begin that conversation. And then, obviously, we will challenge anybody who is interested in any of these to continue to do their own research and come to their own understanding of anything that we may talk about on our show. Yeah, absolutely. Consensus is about owning your own experience. And all of the guests that we will have on our show moving forward are experts in their own experience. And that's what their expertise is that brings them into our sphere. So on that note, maybe a little bit more about how we got here in the first place. You guys want to hear our, our how we met story, the origin story? 
So yeah, on, on that note, uh, I think that probably getting things kicked off with our origin story is a, uh, a pretty good place to help people better understand why we are so passionate about these different communities uh, as it is somewhat of a unique uh, love story. We'll call it that. Do you guys want the kinky version or the vanilla version? As we don't have an actual audience here, I'm going to go... I'm a guess most of the people who might be listening would rather the kinky version. No one's ever asked for the vanilla version. Or if the even I, vanilla people even are like, like we're wait, still gonna tell my dad for a second. Yeah. However, no judgment. Vanilla is a term of endearment that just describes, you know, a different subset of thinking. So once upon a time. So to get started, uh, I guess we will go with our origin story, since that is a very large piece also as to why we uh, have ultimately decided to do this podcast. And what's fun is oftentimes when people ask us, you know, how long we've been together, they're still often surprised that we haven't been together all that long. Uh, at this point, we're coming up on having been together for about three years. Yeah. And how we initially met three years ago was uh, at the time I was dating another woman. And she was uh, someone who attended a, a kink BDSM private party here in Austin. And we decided that we were going to go. And this was the first time that I'd ever gone to this particular party or any type of a, a private party that was, you know, very, you know, kink and sex positive and uh, tended to be somewhat of a, uh, a unique party. And so this particular party was called Slutterby's Auction. And that's right. He <laughs> bought me at a sex auction. That's right. Let's just not bury the lead. Yeah, yeah. So the way that it worked is that you would essentially give them, you know, actual cash and you would get, uh, you know, house fake money back, kind of like Monopoly money. And half of the money was going toward benefiting uh, domestic uh, abuse shelters in the area and half the money was going toward, you know, upgrades and upkeep for the house and the party. I got, you know, I think it was like for every dollar, you know, you were getting like a thousand Monopoly dollars. So, you know, I had 40,000 Monopoly bucks to, to play with, to, to buy stuff. And, but there was a gentleman who was a, uh, who was into pony play, who was up for auction. Oh, and also worth noting, there were people and things and acts and all sorts of stuff that was up for auction. And all of this was any of the uh, people who were up for auction obviously had consented and had talked through what they were comfortable with. and Fully voluntary. We gave a list of yes items and no items and everything was still to be pre-negotiated prior to any kind of play. So uh, the party itself is, is really up and up in terms of consent and negotiations. And we're certainly not going to provide specifics in terms of names, including events. Just a little background, so you guys are like, oh, can we have some context for exactly how that was all going down with these like human auction items? Yeah, this wasn't a free for all, and this was not. Uh, no one was. Uh, there was no human trafficking happening here. This Zero. was, yeah, this was completely voluntary negotiated play. So myself, for example, as a completely voluntary and consenting auction item, um, I was offering myself as um, somebody into sexual play, uh, group sex threesomes, not as much on the like kink scene um, side of it. So I wasn't into like doing, you know, just an impact scene with somebody, but I wanted something more sensual, sexy, 
kind of uh, multiple player environment. So backing up, uh, my then girlfriend uh, saw the pony come up and, you know, she was like, I want a pony. And I was like, okay, yeah, go for it. I mean, that's not my thing, but I'm not going to yuck your yum. If that's what you want, you go ahead and you get that. So uh, she ended up getting him for, you know, 500 bucks. And so then I was left with, you know, 39.5, a bunch more items. And I mean, anything from like paddles to floggers to. Uh, uh, I think essential body massage. Yeah. Yeah. Up through, you know, much kinkier, harder play with, you know, different people and whatever. So eventually uh, Marvel came up as an item and my then girlfriend said, you should buy her. And I was like, direct quote, direct quote. And I was like, oh, fucking should I, should I buy her? And I ended up going back and forth uh, with a little bit of a bidding war with uh, another one of the men who was there and, you know, going back, you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 7,000 and kept kind of jumping. And then finally I was just like 39.5. Here's everything I got. And I ended up just beating him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank Three God. years later. Three years later. Good it call, out. universe. It worked out. Okay. <laughs> and so... Uh, little moments, guys. You know, you got to celebrate the small things. It's the small things. So then fast forward to we are, you know, uh, we win and we end up going outside and kind of just start chatting. And, you know, I asked my uh, girlfriend who obviously we, I mean, who was also uh, by and was uh, totally cool with the idea of having a, a threesome and so I asked her it's like oh is it okay if I you know if I kiss Marvel and she's like yeah and then Marvel and I kiss and I'm like oh no right right I'm gonna have to break up with my girlfriend <laughs> it was a really magical moment of a kiss it yeah, it was, okay. yeah, it was definitely a very clearly a life changing kiss as things turned out and you know where we are certainly today. So, so uh, then we we cut the brake cords and we drank all the brake fluid, which is not the best idea, but it worked out for us. So shh, shh. and we blasted off into happily ever after. So much so that we had to make a brand new word for love because we started overusing it. And I don't like trivializing language. It's true. Ha. <laughs> so that's the story of us. So now I guess we'll talk a little bit about the different communities that we're part of. Certainly, I mean, the, the first one that seems pretty clear that we're part of is the uh, Kink BDSM community. Less so these days than we certainly were when we met. Um, I can say that, you know, I was heavily into the uh, Kink BDSM scene for several months prior to meeting Marvel and then was pretty active for about the next year and then you know we ended up getting much more involved in some other ones that we started talking about um but primarily involved in initially doing some rope and some, some shibari which uh is rope tying and for either uh, bondage or for um artistic reasons or suspension and we will i'm far from anywhere close to an expert on that so i'm not even going to get into it but we will certainly have people on to to discuss rope much more of a focus on impact play and again we will talk much more about that but short version of impact is primarily striking with the other hands or implements as a part of you know sensation or pain play 
I, I was just going to say that one of the things I think that became really clear to us as we started navigating kink and BDSM communities as a couple was this philosophical hard line around everything is no until yes. Like the general philosophical assumption in kink at a party, a play party, is nothing is on the table until there's a direct communication and enthusiastic yes around, yes, this is something that I want to engage in and let's negotiate about it. Yeah, negotiation being a really big thing. And that, again, will be something that certainly we'll be discussing a lot more at length with some other more seasoned people from the community. Right. And then, I mean, as a contrast to that, another community that we started looking at was um, the swing community, swingers, lifestyle community. And um, this is certainly not a blanket statement about swing, but I think that what became clear to me looking at it was being in a kink party environment versus a swinger lifestyle event or party environment was that swing had more of an assumption of yes until no. Like you're here and this is what we're doing and we're all here and we're playing and we're swinging. So I'm going to like make some moves and see what, what we get to. And I mean, always looking for that underlying consent and the, the enthusiastic yes, but not as such an upfront and stark, like, let's stop flirting, make sure there's a yes on board, and then we'll go back to the flirting. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely, and again, this is by no means across the board. We've met plenty of swingers who do not uh, conduct themselves in that type of a way, but certainly it is something that we notice happens more often than certainly it ever would in a, in a kink community. And our po my point in bringing that up is just that that's part of what started to really awaken my interest in how are these communities, like, from the outside, it's so easy, I think, for people to lump all alternative lifestyle communities where people are having sex more than just monogamously um, as one kind of cluster of what's happening when the communities themselves are operating under really different philosophical assumptions and there can be such stark contrast in how behavior is actually conducted. So it wasn't a this is better than that. It was more of just a that is so interesting to me that it would be easy to lump them and then they're so vastly different in terms of intention and then actual conduct. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the same can be said, at least my experience with uh, being in the Renaissance community, Renaissance fair community and um, in the Burning Man community. All right. Like there is, they're both intentional communities. They're both um, kind of dress up and play and fantasy oriented in this, like, let's cultivate and come together and make a space that is not our normal reality, and we're going to act in ways that are specific to this environment. Um, and then I, again, felt like there were different uh, intersections of where consent and play and interactions got underwritten. Um, yeah, and it definitely seems as though, I mean, so speaking of the two more that uh, were part of certainly our uh, Renfair and... Uh, Burning Man communities and with Burning Man I mean, consent is kind of the de facto 11th principle around that and I mean even in you know going into any events I mean that's something that is a part of pretty much every handbook you see it is something that is posted up all over the place at events uh, and it is definitely something that is it's not strongly encouraged it's something that is a necessity in order for that community to really thrive right whereas again and this is not saying that across the board anything we're not saying that there are never consent violations in burns of course there are and there we are everywhere eliminate any of that and all of that um and of course in any other community but what was interesting to me about renaissance fairs is that we are 
all day long dressing up and enacting this feudal time where consent was not the paradigm and we were lords and wenches perhaps ladies also but like ladies by 4 p.m with enough mead become wenches let's be real ladies <laughs> come on um and then we go out into the camps and suddenly consent was it was this questionable moment where like we've been drinking all day and we're like acting out this lord wench thing and everything's fun haha ha, until it's not because we haven't really talked about how consent and negotiation works in this in the woods in our fair garb in corsets no less I'm not sure how the corsets plan to it. I know that's it's been hard to clean your undercarriage in a corset. <laughs> so therefore, what somebody just jumps in and helps without asking? Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if negotiated, but that's its own thing. <laughs> mm, corsets just conflict. Conflict. They conflict it. They get conflicted. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so then, which one uh, else? Another one that I would say that we are kind of fringe on um, or certainly would have considered ourselves at least for a little bit and are definitely open to is uh, polyamory for, I don't know, a good probably six months to a year. Uh, we would say that we certainly had a girlfriend that um, uh, she was someone who had another primary, but that she dated us as a couple. And that's since changed and uh i mean we've all certainly discussed it and talked about it and we are by no means seriously dating anymore and she's more just one of our best friends and i mean our participation in and out of poly i think has been really ebb and flow um we do a lot of things around poly events like munches or just hanging out with people that are part of the poly community so mm -hmm. it feels like it's a bigger part of our lives and i think it necessarily is in practice yeah for now yeah and I mean, it's definitely something that we were certainly open to and have discussed with various people, uh, but is not something. Call us. Yeah. <laughs> we available. Uh, the main thing that we do, <laughs> the main thing that we do do, do do, uh, uh, is we more define ourselves as monogamish with opportunist opportunistic tendencies. Um, in terms of how we play certainly openly with, with others, whether it's men, women, couples, uh, whomever. Poly, by definition, we are not strictly. Oh, and, and that's not... Although, actually, it'll be really interesting when we have people on who uh, talk about poly who are in relationships. Because I know that we have some friends that are solo poly and they have kind of different views on how they run things and how they enact or engage with others. But for people who are poly, even if they don't have other partners, it's more of a mindset and openness too, which is where we're at. But monogamish with practice our, part. the practice part is, yeah, just kind of not where we. It's kind of are. like the culture religion idea. <laughs> like we are actively engaged in the culture of poly without necessarily actively practicing poly relationships in that kind of formal way. But Poly, but it's but it's not a lack on, of openness it's all to that definitions, right? I mean, all of these groups are. So that's our definition of poly that we're using for ourselves as it defines that. Right There's now, there's going to be a lot more definitions of poly. I'll be introduced to you along the way for sure. And that's actually that's another really good point too. Is that for as much as we or anyone who we have on the show uh, will discuss what their unique experience is, how they may define themselves within any given community may be different than how someone else does, even if they inhabit the same community. Yeah. Sometimes from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, they may change their definitions and accept new terms. 
<laughs> I love naming. I also understand the power of naming. It's important. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, for however we may view others, or and actually that's been a lot of fun too in terms of people that we know, how we may view them outwardly as X, having the discussion with them about it. Uh, it turns out it's really Y, and, and, and understanding what their Y is around all of that makes it so much clearer and easier to understand so that you know, we can broaden our understanding of others' experiences and be more open and tolerant and accepting of things that we don't understand and, and not making assumptions based on just simply what someone self-describes as. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of talking, but the clarification that comes from actually understanding what the human's perspective is on their own identity rather than making assumptions based on terms that they use, oh boy, it's deep and it's powerful. And what that does to vulnerable connection and honesty and communication is something that we hope that this helps bring to all of you and strengthens your understanding of yourselves and of each other as you move through and navigate your sexuality and your experience. Yeah, and actually, and that's something else that's really interesting is how important it is to uh, constantly be seeking permission to ask about other people's experiences and their self-identifications. And also in doing that, how at least in, in my personal experience, how open people really are to discussing what that means to them when you're coming to it from a place of seeking to understand versus, hey, are you this? Or, I mean, in the same way where, you know, now, you know, meeting people, certainly in a lot of the communities that we're in, you know, asking them about their pronouns. I mean, regardless of what seems obvious or not, just to right. kind of be kind of courteous around that with everyone that we're with, because... I mean, we also have a fair amount of friends who identify as non-binary and, you know, as pronouns are changing and things, these are like, this is such new territory for both of us that we're really looking forward to having more in-depth conversations with them so that we can better understand how people self-identify and how they conduct themselves outwardly in the world. Yeah. You summed it up really nicely. I don't have anything to add to that. Okay, thanks. Good job. (laughs) And gold stars. Next topic. That's not a gold star. That's its own topic. How are you going to ever get your gold star? I can't. <laughs> and that's I the can... narcissistic wound of it all. Right. I mean, well, <laughs> well, that's actually that's, he lost that's, his that's... chance. He let his vagina fall out. Oh, stop. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, you are not. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's. I mean, getting a gold star is still. Or well, that's not true. Being given a gold star is still not out of the question for me. For those that don't know what silence, a, yeah, <laughs> crickets. Yeah, for those that don't know what a gold star is, uh, it is a term for uh, let. What? This is really when we want to talk about that. Nah, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> On the next consent. No. Anyway, so to go back a little to our origins and uh, why we have been able to navigate so many different. You know, ethical, non-monogamous communities and, you know, uh, certainly ones that tend to be, you know, open sexually and with, you know, multiple or various partners has been, you know, we had a, a really great conversation early on as to what the hierarchy is for us and how we think about things so that way we have uh, kind of more of a focus around 
how we communicate and how we make choices. So Mara, would you like to talk about that a little? Yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of people are familiar with the idea that it is pretty critical in relationships that one puts on their oxygen mask, so to speak, before we are able to effectively assist or put on the oxygen mask for anybody else. Meaning that if I don't take care of what my needs are and where I'm at, then I can't really be very effective for you. So in a lot of ways, when I think um, I'm thinking about relationships, one of the great ways to try and defend against uh, codependency going awry um, especially with all of the like, like frenzy and new love of NRE. Um, it never happens. I know it never happens. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we were thinking about early on is like just how to prioritize me versus you and needing to be able to put ourselves first, but also wanting to hold the value and significance of what our relationship was as a primary component. Um, so in that process, we came to the conclusion that we would prioritize our decision-making around any kind of play or interactions with others um, in terms of us and then me and then you. Meaning, um, I'm going to think about what's best for the greater us and the greater good before I think about what I want for myself. The greater good. Right. The greater good. And then what I want for <laughs> myself and how that's informed by. And also taking into account where Snow's at and what his feelings are and needs are um, not as above mine, but also as brought into the us. So it's a way of balancing out. Am I looking out for me? Am I looking out for him? Am I looking out for us? How do I factor those things in while also operating in the minute and trying to, you know, make decisions that have a lot of feelings associated with them often? Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's something that gives us a really good place to start a lot of conversations. So whether it is, you know, and let's be clear, we both make plenty of mistakes, even with this understanding that this is what our hierarchy is and how we want to at like, you know, our best selves to be able to operate. Clearly, that doesn't always happen. Are y'all familiar with the standard and the practice? Yeah. 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 It's, like, <laughs> it's a practice for life. It's right. not the perfect. Right. It's, <laughs> and it's very much it's like this hierarchy is very simple but it is certainly not easy to do all the time so uh, what it does do though is it gives us a great place to have conversations when something doesn't go as well as we'd hoped or if we you know react in a way that we weren't anticipating or the uh the other one of us uh reacts in a way that you know there wasn't an expectation that something might happen and I'm talking very vaguely about all this. Clearly, we're going to have plenty of real examples around how all of this works and has failed and how we've used it to come back together to have these conversations. Um, but yeah, it is something that has been massively beneficial for us, certainly going into and coming out of any you know major issues that we've had, certainly before and after any uh, parties that we go to or that we uh, that we host, you know, one of the it's a big part of this expectation talk and the debrief. Yeah, which are two huge parts of anything that we do, uh, anytime that, that we are going to be in <clears throat> in any environment where any type of sexual play may be happening, um, and it has made it massively easier for us to. Uh, in some ways, 
get really excited about things that we want to do because we can be so open and communicate them and also know that uh, it can be an opportunity during like talking about the expectations talk that we have before we go into something. And also it's a great way that during our debrief, we're able to come back and be like, what weren't the things that we, we, uh, what were some of the things that we missed talking about that maybe we should add in going forward? Yeah. So it's an accountability measure. I mean, it strengthens our communication, um, and really just makes us think more critically about what each of us want as individuals and what we want for us and how to articulate that to each other. Cause if we can't say it to ourselves, good luck saying it to each other. And if we can't say it to each other, I mean, he's my goon. I, like if I can't communicate something that I want to him, <laughs> good luck finding my little mermaid voice when I like want it in front of that hot guy. No, I need to be able to talk to my daddy about this. Yeah. He's also a really hot guy, but like, it's different. <laughs> you guys get it. And, yeah. And I mean, I think that that's, it's a big part of us being able to be successful in a relationship and ultimately be happy. Whatever struggles we may have given interactions with others, all of that is only possible because we are as willing to have hard conversations and ultimately always put each other first and put, well, always put us first. And if we're doing that, then, you know, we are, ultimately confident that if the if we are acting and you know behaving in ways that always put the happiness of us before anything else then we are ultimately confident that we will be able to have very happy fulfilling lives and be able to work through whatever we may do to one another <laughs> While also now keeping in mind the benefits and privileges that couples have. For sure. Yep. Couples privilege. It's a real thing. And it's a good thing. We'll factor that into the us part. So, yeah. So, I, th- I mean, by and large, that is kind of the intro to who we are and what we anticipate this show being. One of the things that we really hope is that we're going to get plenty of engagement from anybody who's listening because ultimately as much as we know we are going to get out of this in the conversations that we're having with the amazing people that we're going to have on this show, we do also really want this to be something that we get, you know, your support and your input as to, you know, people that you would really like to try to have, or have us try to have discussions with or topics that you really want to hear discussed that, you know, if you are in a small uh, pocket or like niche community that maybe we are unaware of that doesn't really get a lot of visibility. We would love to talk about that. And we know, you know, we have various ones that we know we're actively seeking to get on here so that we can raise awareness and bring more understanding again, both, uh, personally to us and to provide an opportunity and a platform for those people to speak to what's important to them. Um, and we are incredibly open to feedback um, in what we're doing well, what you guys want to hear more of, what you disagree with, uh, thoughts on like um, as our our episodes continue and people have different perspectives on what their own experience has been like, you know, how that compares and contrasts with your experience. Um, yeah, this is an opportunity really to drive those discussions as well, because very clearly, again, since no one we're having on as a representative for an entire community, yours is likely going to be very different and it's an opportunity to understand what it's like for them and to, you know, assess where you may differ or where you are alike with them and as an opportunity to uh, connect with them. 
And, you know, as you have any additional thoughts, topics, feedback, uh, anything, you can send all of those to questions at consentences.com. And we are easily accessible at consentences.com. You can keep up there for all of our upcoming podcasts. We're going to have blog articles and additional information there that's available for everyone and helpful links helpful some links. education material absolutely also when there's words that we talk about that um, we're not defining in that moment for whatever reason please understand that google can be your friend you're not going to get a comprehensive full idea of a single person's experience with that word and what it means to them but you might get some background on just what the act is itself uh, or what the community is from you know a macro perspective so please never hesitate to reach out to us, to reach out to other people that you know and ask them questions or to just open up your computers and Google around and poke. And I mean, the NSA is not watching. It's okay, guys. Yeah, and we are by no means the, uh, we are not going to be providing a full-on glossary of everything that we talk about because there are just so many different things to talk about. But we will certainly do our best to provide resources in addition to encouraging you and challenging you to come to your own understanding. You know, we are not the be-all, end-all of anything that we talk about. We are ideally a starting place to make you think about stuff so that you want to go out and understand more on your own. Also, have we mentioned this is fun? I don't think we have. So this is fun, by the way. Like That's our number one reason we're doing this. This is for entertainment value first and foremost. So please understand that part of our, our podcast also is that this is entertaining. It's personal. It's vulnerable. It's deep. It's non-projecting. Um, it's not professional advice for your specific life. It is a way of broadening understanding and thinking about some fun and otherwise taboo topics that I'm sick of having to shush shush around. I yeah. want to talk on a microphone about this shit. Yeah, and ultimately, and, and it is all just seeking to understand, just to make another point on that. So we are likely going to say things or guests may say things that aren't using the correct terms or... Are we know, going to offend? Yeah, we're oh for sure. Like that, and not intentionally, like but that also will, sometimes because yeah. we find ourselves very funny. Right. And if we do that, please have senses of humor. And if you don't, then I'm sure we'll hear about it. Either way. We also acknowledge just to begin with. For sure. So yeah, we'll just Acknology's be, accepted. Right. We'll just be right up front. We gonna make mistakes and we're gonna say things that are inappropriate and will likely offend some people. That is never our intent. Uh, in any way other than to be humorous. We will never intentionally do that to try to harm or trigger or do anything. Um, but that is also something that is very clearly possible. And whenever possible, if we have an episode where, you know, we're clear that there could be a solid chance of someone being triggered around something, whether it's, you know, uh, abuse or, uh, you know, domestic things or whatever we may be talking about, certainly we will do our best to put those warnings up front to make sure that everybody is aware of what they're about to be listening to. Yeah. On the fun note. This is fun. <laughs> um, but okay. We love you guys. We love you guys. And, and thank just, you yeah, for listening. Just want to thank you so much for uh, the opportunity for uh, us to get into your your phones, your homes, and wherever, and uh, ah, ha, ha. so yeah, and uh, yeah, we just really hope that we are going to uh, provide everybody with some really interesting conversation, and uh, hopefully open your minds a little bit more as we do ours. And and before we lose our marvels, oh boy, we out.
Bye, guys. We love you. I love you guys. For additional show information, including related articles, links, and social media, check out consentences.com.